It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Hello there and welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe, certified financial planner at Livingworth Wealth Advisors, serving you in the Lake Country and beyond with an office in Greensboro, Georgia. Find us online by going to livingworth.com. Brian, we have nothing to talk about on today's show, right? Nothing going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it all's quiet out there. But uh, no, in all, in all seriousness, amongst all the, uh, the pandemonium, I do have good news. We have got a contract on the house, and it uh, looks like we'll be selling that. And I think we've found a good place to go with the uh, the family, so everything's looking good. Well, congratulations on that front. Yeah, that's fantastic that we've got uh, – you've addressed that and taken care of it before the coronavirus fallout really hits the fan and uh, causes some upheaval. Well, what, what I'm telling everybody is that I'm so good that I'm just orchestrating a plummet in interest rates – just in time for me to lock in a mortgage at, at really low rates. And then once I get settled in, then I'll, I'll, we'll boost the market back up and everything's going to be okay. There you go. Uh, interesting. I actually just submitted uh, a, a refinance application this week as well. So I think anybody who's, you know, didn't get in at the all time lows previously should certainly probably look to do that right now. So you are, you certainly have been uh, looking to buy at the right time, if that's the case, Brian. It's nice to have things work out. It's better to be uh, lucky than good, they say. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Well, <laughs> one thing that is certainly dominating the news headlines is indeed the coronavirus and then a couple of other issues. It's not just the coronavirus, but a few other issues have led to some big downturns in the market as of late, Brian. A lot of volatility. And I know that that just has so many people worried right now. I mean, it's a serious thing. Um, the name coronavirus has led itself to being the butt of many jokes uh, since the very beginning. But this is a serious issue and a serious thing, especially for the older population. And uh, But yet a lot of people also kind of don't like the direction that we're heading in with everything shutting down all around us. What's the last couple of weeks been like for you fielding calls from clients or folks that are you know looking to get a financial plan in place? Is there a lot of worry out there? What's been your experience on that side? You know, of I, I think the worry factor goes up as we move along, but it's been interesting because I can tell that I have done a reasonably good job educating my clients and getting them comfortable because overwhelmingly my inbound calls, which there there's not been a, a lot, but overwhelmingly the inbound calls, maybe a text or an email, has been for people asking if we should buy what we'll talk about today and, and having some defensive positions, uh, people know that they've got some cash on hand. And so they're actually asking if now's a good time to buy. So, um, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of fear out there and people aren't concerned and, and we should be concerned because you know, these things do have an impact. They aren't going to you know, shut down the, the global economy. Portfolios aren't going to zero. We've, we've done many, many, many things like this before. But when you're going through it, and as the uncertainty about how long it's going to last, what ultimate direction and duration this goes, people are legitimately concerned. And uh, so hopefully we can help them allay some of those fears today. I feel relatively calm, obviously, being still many, many years away from retirement. I know that this too shall pass. But it's been interesting over the last couple of days, Brian, I've gotten a lot of calls and texts from family members 
knowing that, you know, I record this show with you and have had my hands mm-hmm. in the financial world, learning from financial advisors for the last many years. And, um, you know, the, I, I kind of play one on the radio or on the on podcasts now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they've been starting to hit me up with advice and, and looking for guidance. And there's definitely the panic there. I mean, it's real. And these are family members who are two to three years away from retirement. And they're wondering now, oh, no. We've we've just had this huge drop in the market. We're getting ready for retirement. They want to go to cash. Uh, they they feel like they need to get out of it. The panic mm-hmm. meter has definitely been turned up for folks who are really close to retirement and haven't put a plan together yet. That's the two pieces that overlap. I think that's the key point. So it's interesting that that is the case. Um, I know that you've had some discussions with folks in the area as well. One in particular, you know, we could look at the coronavirus on a very small scale, but if somebody is retiring soon into this market environment that we have right now, they're probably like, oh, no, I'm going to be like those poor souls that retired and, you know, right before 2008 happened or before the dot-com crash or any of the other market crashes that have been, you know, in our existence and so on today's show, we want to take some time to look at, yeah, what happened in those previous crashes? Were people able to survive in their retirements? What was the fallout from them? Will it be similar mm-hmm. to what we experience now with the coronavirus and other issues that are causing the market declines now? And I know you've had kind of some some interesting conversations with folks over the last few days. Well, I've had some interesting conversations, and actually, literally yesterday, we're working through the punch list and the inspection on the things that need to be fixed on the house as we're selling it, as you go through that, that, that whole uh, sequence. But the electrician asked me, he said, well, by the way, what, what do you do? And I said, well, I investments, income, retirement planning, uh, financial planning, and those, those type of things. And he got a quizzical look on his face and he's like, well, what should we be doing right now? How do we respond to this? And I said, well, I, if you're retiring in the next couple of years, there's one answer. I said, if you're retiring in five or 10 years, it's a different answer. And I said, if you're already retired, which I, I'm assuming you're not because you're here to you know, take a job. But uh, if, if you were already retired, that might, might be even a slightly different answer than the other two. But what I divined from him was he was a you know, few years from retired, or actually several years from retirement. I said, you know, just keep dollar cost averaging into your 401k, buy into these dips, all of these dips are usually buying opportunities in the long run. In fact, historically, have always been buying opportunities in the long run. It's never an opportunity to sell. And, and those people that you're referring to that are panicking and selling don't have the sell discipline that they need when the market hits a top. And we'll, we'll talk more about how to develop that later. Actually, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But uh, yeah, so I was asked this on my front, my front porch yesterday, and this goes back to, in fancy mathematical uh, jargony terms, what they call sequence of return risk. And I'm going to boil this down to fifth grade math. Let me start with an example. The series of returns that you get you know, everybody runs a financial plan and we say, oh, if we get a five, six, seven percent rate of return, all of those plans are done on a linear calculation, you know, just a straight line calculation. But we all know that the stock market does not move in a straight line. It'll go up, it goes down. We have some flat years. And over time, you can calculate an average return. And that's what they're using in financial plans. 
Well, let me give you two examples. If you retired in 1982, I don't know if you remember the time, but inflation was high, unemployment was high. It, it was not a good economy, but a lot of the tax cuts and reforms and that the Reagan era was, was just kicking in. And so from 1982 to 2000, we had an 18-year near uninterrupted period of growth and market uh, increases, a small recession in 1991, but we had a little blip in 87. But from 1982 to 2000, the markets averaged well above their historical returns. And by 1999, and the dot-com bubble was you know hitting, everybody was trying to figure out, gosh, what am I going to do with all this extra money? Because they'd had this really good sequence of returns, even as they were withdrawing and utilizing their portfolio. Now contrast that to scenario number two, where if you retired in January of 2000, you remember that was the absolute peak of the dot-com bubble. And then we went into a three-year bear market. We had September 11, Enron, WorldCom, financial analyst scandals, we went through the uh, a slight recovery and then the credit crisis, which all of those events just were multi-year down trends in the market. And you know, they were followed by recoveries. And then you know, ultimately from 2000 to 2018, so another 18-year time period, two retirees following the same strategy in those two sequences of returns had very, very different outcomes. And so if you, and I had a, had a fifth grader who was working on math problems and we were working on orders of operators. And if you had a constant dollar invested in, in either of, the, of those initial time periods and you left it invested for the entire 18 years, the sequence of returns didn't matter. So if you had all the negative returns up front and all the positive returns at the end, that constant dollar ended up with the same return. If you are contributing, so your, your dollar cost averaging, you're adding money to your 401k every month. If you have bad returns early and big returns later, you got more money in at low prices. And then now at the end of the time period when you have the most money in there, you're getting the best returns, that would, in an accumulation mode, that volatility and those the bad sequence of returns actually works in your favor. So that can, that can actually be a good thing in accumulation mode. So that's my bit of advice for people who are holding or contributing to their accounts now. This is actually a good thing because you're buying more shares, you're getting more money to work, and this will all wash out over the long run. However, if you were in distribution mode and you started drawing a fixed percentage from your portfolio, those bad returns that you had early in the 2000s and then barely made a recovery and then you had the credit crisis, that could eat into your principal amount so that your ability to sustain this withdrawal rate could actually be compromised. 
So what we need is a strategy to help people endure and ride through those market downturns so that they don't have to sell when the market is down and then therefore eat into the portfolio so that they can't sustain their their income plan. So much to look at between those two time periods. It's amazing how you can take two equal 18-year periods and they evolve so differently. It really probably does make people nervous, though, of, boy, if I don't get the timing of my retirement right, I could be in for a world of her, or, or I don't want to ride that roller coaster ride of, you know, retiring at the top only to then have a nice ride down the roller coaster throughout the first several years of retirement. I mean, I know that's got to be scary for a lot of folks and something that you've got to navigate through as the advisor, right? Yeah. And, and to your earlier point, people who are retiring, you know, maybe they retired January of this year. And then now we're having this coronavirus, what oil pricing war between Saudi Arabia and Russia. All of these things are having a big impact on the market. And where literally weeks ago, people were riding high and feeling quite confident, the script just got flipped on us a little bit. So if you've not taken the proper steps, I can see where that would be you know, of, of concern. And now let me take a look at the, the dot-com bubble and the credit crisis. Those two events from the top to the bottom to recovery were four to six year processes, right? And so number one rule of investing, buy low, sell high, right? I mean, that's it's an easy formula, buy low, sell high. The market movements and news of the day all plays on our psychology and it makes us want to do the opposite of that simple you know adage about investing and so what we have to do is put in a strategy or a plan in place where people can separate out the assets that they need for a five or a ten year time period compared to assets that they're going to need beyond a ten year time period and, and I've, I've got a calculator that I work people through with this. I, and maybe we can find a way to share or if people want to schedule a call and, and, and actually run this math. This, this would actually be a very good exercise to go through. I'll, I'll map it out in just a minute. But really what we're talking about is how do you insulate yourself from the market volatility over a four, five to 10-year time period? And I've got an actual case... This was a doctor. We'll call him Dr. Doe, how about? I like that. maintain anonymity. Dr. Doe, you got it. Dr. Doe. Not this Dr. Doe, but another Dr. Doe. A distant cousin of yours. Right. (laughs) So he was retiring in late 2007, and so early 2008, we sat down and mapped out his income plan, the investment strategy, different kinds of assets. It was a very, very typical case. But this individual was a doctor and he was a golfer. He was not watching CNBC every day. He was not interested in the minutia of the portfolio. Really a, a, an ideal client. But when he would, you know, in the clubhouse, if he saw that the market was down or we were having, you know, the crisis du jour, and in this case, it was the financial crisis, which pretty much everyone would have known about, uh, he'd, he'd pick up the phone and say, hey, hey, are, are we okay? And I said, yes, remember that plan we put together? We've, you've got 10 years before you have to worry about what the, 
the market does. Oh, okay. I said, go golf, go, go do your thing. And, you know, we'll sort this all out on our quarterly reviews. All right. All right. He was fine with that. And, you know, nope, no problem. And let me take you back to the first step. And that is establishing your budget. Okay. If you've got your budget, you know what your expenses are, you know what the outflows are. There's your starting point. Step two then is to tally up all of your income sources. Okay, some people have pensions, maybe it's social security, maybe it's annuities, maybe it's dividends and interest from investments. All of these income sources can be quantified, identified, and tallied up. Now you take your budget number and you subtract out all of your income sources. And be sure to include taxes and, and things like that in your, in your budget. And then step three is to calculate that gap. Okay, so let's, let's say that you need uh, $100,000 a year and you've got $80,000 a year of income coming in from these different sources. So there's a $20,000 gap. Now in step four, you multiply that gap number by the number of years that you want to be insulated from the market. So if it's five years in this case, we need $100,000 in cash, CDs, money in the mattress, I, I call it, you just the, the, the really safe assets that aren't subjected to the market movements. And so then when the income sources come in, we know that we're going to draw $20,000 a year out of that super safe bucket and for five years, we've bolted down an income plan that allows people to back away from the, the crisis du jour, the, you know, the panic that's going on. They can calm down and say, oh, okay, I, I feel better already. And then in this case, we had actually done a 10-year plan where we then, we took the next five years and we built a bond ladder that went from year six to year 10. So I said, you've got 10 years, 10 years before you have to worry about what the market's going to do. And you could go back and look and historically see what the market's done. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's not fun in, in the down periods. But every time I have this conversation with a client, oh, I mean, you can literally see them start to breathe. They white knuckled clenching of their statements and the panic that they came in with subsides. And they, I, I knew I needed to talk to you. I feel so much better now. This all makes sense. So really, once you've calculated that gap and you've built the five and the 10-year time horizon ladders, step six now is to invest the balance of the portfolio in high-quality, long-term, growth-potential-type uh, investments. And we're, you know, we're talking stocks and REITs and master limited partnerships and, and all the different types of growth investments out there. Well, we put all of Dr. Doe's investments into the market in early 2008. By March of 2009, how do you think that was looking? Yeah, probably a bit of a frustration or a bit, a bit more nerves starting to creep in at that point. Yeah, did the numbers didn't look good because but we know that the market can do that in a year or in a 18 month or even a, a 24, 36 month time period. Dr. Doe would call in and he'd say, do I need to be worried? I said, nope, you got nine years left. 
before you have to worry about what the market does. All right. He went back to the golf course and, and everything was fine. Well, by 2018, in this case, so there's the end of our 10 years, those long-term investments had ridden through the volatility, the ups and downs, and we had, oh, on average, maybe 80 to 120% growth in those long-term investments. In other words, they did exactly what we would expect them to over a time period where we can leave them alone and just let the market do what it does. And so we took that as an opportunity to build a new 10-year ladder. Hey, let's take the profits. Let's, let, let's sell some things. Let's redo the math on you know, maybe the budget's changed. Maybe expenses have gone up. We, we, we can recalculate this budget at any time. You can almost repeat the steps. And then having a growth trajectory mapped out allows you to then have a sell discipline. Okay, And what I mean by that is anytime the market has done better than we expected, you want to, okay, psychologically, your reaction is, hey, this is great, man. Let's keep on rolling. But you need to have a way to say, oh, the market's done better than I expected. And we know this probably isn't going to last forever. Let's sell. Let's take some profits. You may do it earlier than the market peaks because I've been doing this all last year and early this year. I've been taking money off the table, refortifying people's horizon for their income plan and said, yeah, if the market keeps going up, now you've, you've, got, you've still got money invested, you'll, you'll participate. You're not going to participate as much. But if the market sells off, everybody's in love with their cash, their CDs, their short-term bonds uh, in this market. And so it's nice to be able to just come back and remind people that cash that you hated when the market was going up and you weren't getting a big return on it, you're in love with it today. So this process, if you're nearing retirement, if you're in retirement and haven't done something like this, I have found this to be the most effective way to allow people to have a two steps in, in, in our retirement shield process. One, we call it the lazy man's budget. We have everybody gather up six months worth of bank statements. We tally up how much money is going out the door and, and divide it by six. So if you're not a budget person, you don't want to track every little expense. You don't want to have little envelopes of cash and, and, and do all the... Um, budgeting tips that are out there, but just add up your credit card statement. Your If you're all your bill pay is going out of one bank, it's very easy to get a quick rough number on what your monthly outflow is. Then the other step that we dovetail with, with the lazy man's budget is I call the paycheck replicator. And this is one where we time the pension and the social security and annuity payments to maybe come in on the first of the month or the middle of the month. Well, most people are used to getting paid twice a month. So then we'll send the portfolio distribution the alternating two-week time period. So if, you're, if your Social Security and pension checks come in at the first, on the 15th, I will have the, the portfolio distribution going into their checking account. And so very quickly, people can settle in. They feel like it's paycheck days. Oh, here, here comes my money on the first. Here comes my money on the 15th. We've got this mapped out for the next decade and I can turn off the TV. I can 
go run to the store and stock up on paper towels and hand sanitizer for the coronavirus and hunker down and everything's going to be fine for getting the bills paid, being able to maintain their standard of living and their lifestyle. And you've got a decade for all of these short-term shocks and, and market actions to work themselves out. Well, it just underscores the importance of that plan, of course, but also of the process. And I know that that's something that, you know, you didn't just create this out of thin air, Brian. You've spent years crafting this process that you carry people through, right? Oh, I got into this industry in April of 2000. And so I watched three days after I started at Merrill Lynch, we had the first 500-point intraday drop in the, the NASDAQ. That should have been my warning sign to run. <laughs> I, should have, I should have taken that as my cue to uh, get while the getting was good. But no, I, I rode my first three years in this industry through the dot-com bubble busting over a three-year time period. And I didn't have a lot of clients. I didn't have a lot of you know, money that I was managing at the time, but I was watching all of the people around me panicking and they had loaded up on, you know, all those dot-com names and things were falling apart. And I said, I'm never going to let that happen to me. I'm not going to avoid, you know, growth investments altogether, but I need to have risk aversion and a approach that allows people to know that they're not going to experience a loss in their lifestyle because we've done something silly with the investments. Well, then, you know, September 11 and the, the credit crisis and, and all of those, you know, we, we've had Ebola and SARS and bird flu and the flavor of the day changes year to year, month to month, quarter to quarter, whatever it is. These things happen, they pass, and then good things happen. And so helping people moderate that, you know, manic or, or mania uh, behavior of the markets really helps people enjoy the things they're doing. If, if I can sit down and show them that, hey, here's the number, here's where it's coming from, and here's how long it's going to continue before you need to even think about what the market does. And we'll be managing that in the background in the process. And we've, we've mapped out the, tra the trajectory. And anytime we have good years, we've, we've got a sell discipline in place now. So I can't tell you how relieved people are to come in and maybe they've gotten some advice from a brother-in-law or a golf buddy, or they met some people at the beach or went to cocktail hour and they've read or seen just enough to confuse them or to make it make them seem unsure or uncertain about what they've done. Or in worst case scenario, they've bought a particular product that they don't know or understand and uh, they're, they're just more confused. So having that discipline, having that trajectory and having a plan in place that they can understand and see working and that I can review with them as, as needed, it goes a long, long way to taking them from a confused and anxious state to one where here's how much money's coming into your checking account every month. Go spend it all. If you're overspending, we'll revisit your budget. If you have money left over, then you can either save it or spend it or, or do something extra. Find something extra to do. Get a hobby. And that really, really works well 
to, to map all those things out. And it, it just, uh, it takes people's confidence up and, and really that's what the, the planning process ultimately should do. It's not just about calculations and numbers and Monte Carlo simulations and all, all that fun stuff that financial advisors like to geek out on. It's, does this make the client feel more confident? Do they feel more comfortable? Do they know that they've got a plan in place that's going to allow them to actually enjoy retirement? So that is my seven-step approach to creating an income plan and ladder that should get you enough time or buy you enough time to wait out market cycles and you don't have to panic when the coronavirus hits. You don't have to panic if the financial crisis hits. And the few people that that do that, they always look back and say, you know, that that was not my my finest hour. And then they always have trouble deciding, you know, well, well now that I'm out, when do I get back in? And they usually ponder that once the market's already come back up. No, we, we want to help you avoid bad investor behavior. And uh, I've had a I've had a lot of success with this process. We will put a, uh, a link in the show notes in the description of today's show where you can go and view the information and uh, the image that's very helpful, actually, outlining this planning process, the retirement shield process that Brian Doe would take you through if you come in and put together a financial plan and, and those five major steps uh, that Brian's going to be able to walk you through. Um, it's a very helpful guide. We'll put a link to that again in the show notes today if you want to go check that out and learn more about the retirement shield process. Because I actually created a spreadsheet uh, for, to help crunch this number. And so if people know their budget and their portfolio value and how much they have coming from different predictable income sources, I can plug those three variables into a calculator that will then map out for you how much to put into the five-year bucket, how much to put into the 10-year bucket, and how much you can invest for uh, long-term growth. And if somebody wants to book the you know, like a 15 or 30 minute call, uh, there should be a link either on the website or, or we can maybe put it in the show notes. And, and I'd be happy to take people through that exercise if that will allay their fears or if they want to just see how this actually comes together from a number standpoint. Go to makethedoughrise.com. That's makethedoughrise.com. That's where you can learn how to book a call or a conversation with Brian, where you can view and listen to past episodes of the show and read the show notes and look at uh, the different graphics and images that we might uh, you know, go along with each episode, as in today's episode's case. All the information that you need there on makethedoughrise.com. And again, you can schedule a 15-minute call with Brian there on the site as well at a time of your convenience to start talking through some of these things. So if the uh, coronavirus and uh, the, the fallout on the economy and the markets are giving you heart palpitations, you feel the butterflies in your stomach, you feel that little bit of anxiety or maybe a lot of the anxiety depending on uh, you know your situation and your position and your reaction to these things, well, that should be the red flag and the sign that maybe you don't have a great financial plan in place because it's not bringing you peace of mind during a market turmoil element or, or time period that we're in right now. And uh, let that be something that motivates you. It doesn't mean to have a knee-jerk reaction and do something emotional and, and just immediately go to cash in your financial plan, but it should inspire you to get a plan in place. And if you're having heart palpitations, uh, you can call this Dr. Doe if you like, but I would also suggest calling <laughs> uh, an actual That's doctor okay. and, and, right. and maybe check that out just to be sure. 
Yeah, or just a, a little less caffeine for, uh, for some of us uh, when those heart palpitations pop up. But there you yeah, go. call the real doctor, but also the financial doctor to uh, help get you some fixes to that ailment. And it all starts with a plan and going through this process. Uh, give a call if you like the old-fashioned way as well, 706-451-9800. That's 706 706- Four five one nine eight zero zero, or go to Make the Dough Rise for more information about the show, about Brian, and uh, all the resources that you need. Brian, thanks for guiding us through this conversation today. I'm sure it's one that's going to be top of mind, and that we'll be doing several podcasts on in the future as we kind of continue to watch, you know, what happens with the markets over the next couple of months, and does this thing abate? Does it become a bigger problem? And we'll be leaning on you for guidance through that, as well as our usual and typical uh, financial planning conversations. But uh, thanks for the help today. No, oh, absolutely. And fear not, fear not. This uh, this will will pass. And uh, if you haven't taken the steps you need to, well, consider this your call to action and uh, go ahead and take the first step and put yourself at ease. For Brian Doe, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to us today. Don't hesitate to reach out with your feedback and comments. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Make the Dough Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website. Or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.